Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Yes. Hey, I'm having fun in church today. What about you? I, I can't recall the last time we had a rap worship song. I liked it. I liked it. I love it. I love seeing these, this next generation. It gives us hope, friends. God's not done with his church, amen? And there will be a next generation that will serve Jesus, amen? Amen. Well, um, we are starting a kind of a new twist on the, on the series. We've been looking at questions that Jesus asked. Now we're looking at the questions that we asked Jesus. And we're going to go right to the scripture. We're going to look at some of the questions that were asked to Jesus and look at his response. And so uh, this is kind of a fun way to continue this series. I'm just making a little bit of a flip. So I'm going to start today with a story that may be familiar to some of you. It's a story um, that's known as uh, Jesus calming the storm. In fact, maybe that would be the heading in your Bible. It's from Mark chapter 4. It does show up also in Matthew 8, but we're going to look at Mark's version of it. And uh, this is Jesus calming the storm. I want to read it to you, um, and then we're just going to kind of get into to uh, the point. So we'll start in verse 35. You can read along with me. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. He was on one side of the lake, and they were headed to the other side of the lake. It was the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? That's the question of the day. Jesus, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And now verse 41. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, the interesting thing, many interesting things in the story, but the first thing I'll point out is that they were terrified at the beginning of the story and they were terrified again at the end, right? Sort of like a commentary on life, right? Like from, from, from event to event, wow. They were terrified because the storm was raging and then they were terrified because Jesus, this man, got up and commanded the wind and the waves to stop and it did. You can only imagine, you know, Jesus is a carpenter. There was fishermen in the boat. They're probably going like, uh-uh, this does not happen. This was not, this does not happen. Now, there's many things to bring out of this story, but the point that we're drawing out is this question. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Uh, You know, the funny thing about this is that Jesus would have known what I know and, and what many would know, and that is that the afternoon and the evening on the Sea of Galilee is not a time to go out in your boat. The reason is because every afternoon... And many, many evenings, the wind comes howling from the north off of Mount Hermon, down through the valley, in through all of the canyons along the north side of the Sea of Galilee, and blows across the sea. And very often, most evenings and afternoons, you don't want to be out there. 
In fact, when we go to Israel with our team, we always go on the Sea of Galilee in the morning. Our, my guide says, I'll never take you out in the afternoon, in the evening, because it's always windy and there can be a storm. And so Jesus, interesting, Jesus says to them, it's evening time, let's go for a boat ride. Jesus set them up, friends. I have this feeling Jesus knew what was going to happen. Does anybody agree with me? I think he knew what he was doing, and he got them out there because there was something for them to learn. Their response, teacher, don't you care if we drown? That question is a question born out of fear. Like, I'm afraid here. Don't you care about me? And this is a question that comes up in our lives, too, when it comes to those that we care about or, or, or when we're in fear ourselves. Don't you care about me? Don't you love me? Don't you want me? Don't you value me? These are questions that come, and they're questions that are rooted in our own fears. They're relationship questions, aren't they? This really is about relationship. You wouldn't ask a stranger, don't you care? Because they might go, not really, right? These are relationship questions. You ask that to a person you have a relationship with. And, and the reason why this question is being asked is we ask it when we think we got it wrong. When we feel like maybe we didn't see it. Clearly, I thought I meant something to you, but now because of your words or because of your actions, I'm not sure anymore. I'm afraid I got it wrong. I'm afraid I misplaced my trust. I'm afraid that maybe you have deceived me. Teacher, don't you care? That question rings. Wow. I mean, the, the question reveals a lot about the disciples. It reveals, number one, that they panicked, right? It's a storm. Number two, that they easily judged Jesus' actions. Number three, that they felt immediately victimized, even though Jesus was probably the one in the most danger. He's asleep under the stern, and the water is coming in. But it was about them. And then fourthly, they assumed Jesus didn't care because he didn't do anything. And so they asked this question, don't you care? Don't you care? I wonder if you can relate to this. I mean, I certainly can. I think back to my storms in my life. Maybe you can think back to the latest storm in your own life. Maybe, maybe just look back at COVID and when it began. Think about it. I mean, it's, a, just a, it's just a marker. It's just an example. Maybe you have uh, more current ones, unfortunately. We all have storms. And if we don't have a storm now, we're going to have one soon or we just came out of one. Hey, that's the way life goes. But think about your last storm, your most real storm. Did you experience some panic? Probably. Did you find yourself wondering, where's God in this? Maybe. Did you fear that you would be the next victim, that something was going to happen that would come even a little closer to home? Possibly. Did you ask, God, how could you let this happen? I think maybe we do. I think maybe those are the things that, that we would naturally go to as well. You see, we're not so different than the disciples, are we? And there's a danger in this story, and I want to point it out. I mean, we read this story, and... They call out, and Jesus gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves, quiet, be still, and then, and then, and then that's the kind of the story. And it's like, wow, we can make a neat and tidy kind of faith story out of this. We could say, and so, Jesus will calm all your storms too. Let's pray. But how many of you know that's not really true? How many of you know that is not true at all? Sometimes the storms rage on. Sometimes the storms keep on coming. It just doesn't mean that Jesus will always calm the storm because he doesn't, does he? Sometimes the storms keep going. 
Sometimes the storm of cancer still claims our loved one. Sometimes we still lose that job or that home. Sometimes we're praying and we're not getting the miracle that we need in, you know, in the answer to our prayer. So what does this account teach us? It has to teach us more than just that Jesus calms every storm in our lives. I don't think this story is actually about the storm. I don't think it's about the boat. I don't even think it's about Jesus calming the storm. You know what I believe this story is about? This story is about the disciples' faith in Jesus, regardless of what is coming against them. That's what this story is really teaching us. This was a learning experience. How do I know that? Well, I mean, I skipped a verse on purpose because I want to share it with you now. Verse 40. I went from verse 39 to verse 41. But here's the second half of Jesus' response. The first half is he got up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. The second half is this. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, Jesus used the storm as a hands-on, practical, real-life test of their faith. You know what I believe? I believe that storms still serve the same purpose today. And that for many of you, you've got to understand that the storm that you're in or the storm that you've been through or the storm that you're going to enter is an opportunity for you to have your faith increased. Your trust in Jesus, regardless of circumstances. When life gets scary, does my faith still work? Do you still have no faith? Jesus asks. Really what he's saying is, can your faith handle a storm? Because friends, our faith has to be able to handle the storms. Our faith in Jesus has to be bigger than the storm that we face. In fact, James warns us about this early on in his writings. He says, consider it pure joy, which is really hard, by the way. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, or if I may, storms of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, this is something that we might know. But Jesus is calling his disciples right into it. You see, the disciples have no idea what's coming. They have no idea that their leader at one point is going to be arrested and beaten and tried unfairly and crucified before their eyes. They have no idea the persecution that's yet to come for the church. They have no idea what it's going to mean to be scattered and and, and fearful and hiding. They don't know what that means yet, but Jesus is trying to teach them now. And in the deep dive, which you will look at with your small groups this week, I'm going to talk about some of the things in chapter 4 and why Jesus shared them where he did because he was giving them the opportunity to learn some truths about faith that would allow them to endure the storm that they were about to experience. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And the response from Jesus is, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Boy, that is a powerful, powerful question, but it's really not a question. It's an invitation. The invitation is this. I've got you. You can trust me. You really can. You can trust me. Listen, when it's calm, it's easier to trust, isn't it? When it's calm, isn't it feel easier to to say like, oh God, 
You are so in control today. Look at this day. Look at that sunshine, that warm breeze, right? That Boy, everything's coming up roses today, right? I mean, it's wow, what a day. Oh, God, you're so good. And then the storm comes in like, God, how can you do this to me? You're so unfair. What did I ever do to you, right? I mean, it's quite an interesting thing, but here's what I want you to know. God is no less in control in the storm than he is in the calm. Oh, you got to know that in your heart today. Just because it's stormy doesn't mean that God isn't God. And just because it's stormy doesn't mean that Jesus still isn't with you, isn't capable, isn't able. And so I want to go now to a different storm story. It's one that doesn't end so rosy because I don't want you to get the wrong impression about the storms in your life. Jesus used this as an object lesson and then gave them this tension and left it with them. Come on, this is about your faith in me, your trust in me. But there's another storm that I want to share with you. It comes out of Acts 27. It's a storm that the apostle Paul faces. And this storm rages. This is a bad one. You see, the apostle Paul was called by God to the Gentiles to share faith with all of the, you know, the extended world around Israel. And as he did this, he got himself in trouble. In fact, he finally got arrested. Not only that, he was about to be killed or handed back over to the Jews to be killed. And so he said, hey, I want to talk. I'm a Roman citizen. I want to talk to the Roman officials. Send me to Rome. I want to talk to Caesar. So they say, okay, you want to go to Caesar? Fine. So they put him on a boat, and they send him to Caesar. And the boat's, you know, beautiful boat ride. They change boats a couple times, but then they get to this one place, and God speaks to Paul and says, tell the, tell the captain not to go out because it's going to get bad out there. So he tells the captain, but the captain says, no, the weather looks good. We're going to go for it. Well, they get caught in a storm of storms, known as the Northeaster. And they get caught in this storm, and it is so bad. We're talking about day after day after day of complete darkness. The, the ship is battered, it's beaten, it's tossed around for days. And then we read the first verse that I want to share with you from Acts 27. Here's one verse on the story. It says this. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Man, it was despairing. This wasn't a Jesus, don't you care? If we're going to drown, would you please save us kind of moment. This was day after day. And you know what? Sometimes it feels like your storms, they kind of go on and they go on. And you've got to walk through them. You've got to wrestle through them. Let me tell you what's most important to know in your storm. The first thing that's important to know in your storm is that God has a plan. Can someone say amen to that? I may have pain. I may have problems, but God has a plan. Amen? I may see the difficulty, but God sees the way through. God has a plan. And, and this comes so clear in Paul's experience because I want you to listen to how Paul speaks to the scared crew and passengers. Here's what he says. First of all, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write that in my notes here, but uh, first thing he says is, I told you so. You shouldn't have come out here. I told you it wasn't going to be a good idea. And then he says this, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. 
Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. That's pretty amazing in a storm, hey? To know that God is right there with us and said, do not be afraid, Paul. But now. But now. I love that. I think when I read stuff like that, sometimes in my Bible, I underline it. I circle it. Because it signals a shift. Listen, whatever happened before, it doesn't matter. This is my but now moment. This is a change. Whatever was said to this point, fine. But now there's something new that's coming to me today. And those of you who are experiencing a storm, I want to encourage you that today can be a but now moment where God turns the page, shifts your perspective, gives you a new way of thinking about life and circumstance. So here's what I have to say to you today. Whatever got us here, it doesn't matter. Whatever they said or did, it doesn't matter. Whatever pain I'm carrying or problem I'm facing, this is a but now moment if I'll take it. Amen? Because God has a plan. I may not know it. I may not see it. It may not be clear to me, but God has a plan. And so, listen, when you believe God has a plan, you can hear Paul's encouragement. It can go directly to you. But now, take courage. God has a plan. The second thing that's really important to know when you're in a storm Number one, yeah, God's got a plan. But number two, God's got a promise. Did you know that your God is a promise-keeping God? Not only that, he's a promise-making God. He makes promises. You know, some of us would say, I don't make promises because I can't keep my promises. And you know what? I'm glad you're not God. Because God makes promises, and he keeps those promises. I want you to hear me say that. God will make you a promise. And God has made promises to us. They're here in his word. And if we know those promises, then we can stand with courage upon them in the midst of the storm. So God said to Paul, we just read it, do not be afraid. Why is it that God said that to him? And here's why. You must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, there's there's still purpose left in your life, Paul. There's still something yet to come. The days are not written for you yet. There are still more to come. And and here's what Paul then says to the other people. Listen, God's not done with me. Uh, Too bad for you all. No, no, that's not what he says. He says, God's not done with me. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, Paul says to them. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Wow. Wow, this is a lot different than don't you care if we drown, right? You can see it here, his faith in action. Why? Because he knows God's got a plan, and now he knows God's got a a, a promise for him, a purpose for him, and so he speaks with confidence and faith because of the promise of God. This is what he's saying. This storm isn't going to be the end of me. Why? Because I have a purpose. I have a purpose, and I haven't fulfilled it yet. And God told me what that purpose is. And so I believe. So come on, somebody. That's yours. Take it. Somebody in here needs to know that and to own that for themselves. That God's not finished with you yet. Listen, you need to just believe this, that my purpose is bigger than the storm is. I'm going to make it through, and it will not be the end of me. Amen? I, I remember vividly, of course, we all do. The storms that we go through. I remember specifically one personal storm in particular, and I thought for sure it was the end. That's it. I thought my ministry was over. I thought in many ways life would never, ever recover. 
I felt complete and total loss. And I remember so clearly a time where my pastor, Pastor Ron, he sat me down in his office and he just knew how lost I was in the storm. And he said to me, Andy, you'll always have a ministry because you have a calling. And I, I can't even begin to describe to you how that settled my heart. Why? Why did those simple words settle my heart so much? Because I'm here today because Pastor Ron spoke to my purpose. He reminded me of my purpose. And once I began to believe God again in my storm, I believed that God wasn't finished yet with my life, not finished yet with me in ministry. There is a future. There is a purpose. And so listen, when you're going through your storms, your personal storms, you really do need the promise of God. You got to have it. He's for you. He's with you. And the story isn't finished being written. Be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. So yeah, it's really important to know in the storm that God's got a plan. It's really important to know that God's got a purpose. But maybe most important of all, friends, because things don't always end up so rosy, Jesus doesn't always stand up at the end of the boat and the storm just calm down. It's really important to know that God can get you there even on broken pieces. He's able, friends. He can do it. He can take you there, even if you're just clinging to broken pieces. And let me just share this part of the story with you. Because in Paul's journey, the, the ship ran aground, and it was stuck on a sandbar. And, and the waves were crashing over the ship. And the ship was literally being torn apart. Pieces were ripping off. I can't even imagine the sound of the darkness and the roaring sea and, and the wind and the cracking of lumber. And they all had to jump into the ocean and swim for their lives. But some of them couldn't swim. And so some of them, you know what they did? They jumped on one of those pieces. And then they, they paddled over to another piece and they just clung to those broken pieces. And listen to what the Bible says. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Oh, friends, I just need you to hear me say that. We don't all go through the storm the same way. And we don't all go through the same storm. But here's what you need to know. God will lead you through if you will let him. Trust him. That's the point here. God will lead you through. God wants to lead you through. I don't know if you've ever heard of a man named Horatio Spafford. But Horatio Spafford in about 1870 lost his fortune in the great Chicago fire. And at the same time, his four-year-old son contracted scarlet fever and died. And so he sent his wife and his four daughters to just get away. Let's go to England. Let's have a holiday. Let's just get away from all of this. And he sent them ahead of him, and he just had to finish up a little bit of business and was going to meet them. Well, he received a telegraph from his wife because on their journey over, there had been a storm of sorts, and the boat had a collision and sank 
and all four daughters died. So from his wife, he receives a telegram, telegraph that simply said, survived alone, what now? And so brokenhearted, of course, and in the middle of this multifaceted storm, Horatio Spafford gets on the boat, heads across the Atlantic toward his grieving wife in England. And at one point, the captain comes to Horatio and says to him gently, this is the place where the boat sank. This is the location. And at that time, Horatio took his broken pieces and he wrote the beautiful hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. It's amazing what God will do with your broken pieces. And I just feel like in response to the truth of Jesus, in response to the reality that Sometimes it doesn't all happen the way we think or believe that it should. Then trust to Jesus. I just wonder if we might sing that song together. Maybe you know it. Maybe it's familiar. I'm going to invite Luke to come, and, and he's going to lead us in that song. But here's the truth. While we live, we trust Jesus to get us through the storms. And... And trusting him means that even when that final storm comes that takes us from this earth, it's Jesus who's the one who will lead us safely into God's arms. Amen? And so what do we do in the storm? We believe his plan. We believe his promise. And we trust him even when the pieces are broken. And we believe that he's good and it can be well with our soul. Let's sing this together, hey? sin not in part but the 
Pray with me. Heavenly Father, so many of us today can relate to the idea of broken pieces. Maybe we're living with that right now, or maybe we're just living in fear of what is yet to come. But God, I just pray for those who feel like they're clinging to broken pieces. I pray in Jesus' name that they would have strength to hang on that they would know that you are with them and that they are not alone. That, Lord, we're a family and we want to get to land together. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Oh, God, we pray and we believe that you're going to help us even in our broken pieces. Father, I pray for those who feel today that their head is just above water. They've been through the storms. They're left doubting. Not sure about your care, God. I pray that you would remind this. Just remind them today that, God, you're a God of promises. That you have a purpose for their life. And that this storm is not meant to be the end of them. That, Lord, you want to lead them through. You want to be with them to the very end and beyond. Lord, I pray for those that today would say, Lord, I'm doing well. God, that they would have strength to swim hard. Many, many are in the storm. So, Lord, that they would be empowered to serve, empowered to pray, empowered to reach out, to be a blessing to others in their time of need. And I pray for that one today who just knows that what they need more than anything is they need you, Jesus, in their boat. Oh, Jesus, I pray people would simply open up their lives to you, inviting you in to come and take residence, to forgive, to cleanse, to heal, and to rule in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So church, I want you to know, I, I was asking God, as I do every time I preach, Lord, what is it that you want me to say? And although I've said many things today, what the Lord dropped in my heart was so simple. He said, tell them you can trust me. Simple, but profound. You can trust Jesus. There are things you do not know. There are storms that you will face, but you can trust Jesus. Amen.